Amen. That's a wonderful song. I have a feeling we'll be singing it with our worship teams in the near future. If you would take your Bibles, uh, turn to Second Peter, toward the end of the New Testament, Second Peter. While you're turning there, just to uh, reiterate the excitement of sending a team that size to Panama this summer. What excites me is not just that they're going to do ministry there, but the makeup of the team. Did you notice? Adults and teens, two families going together, husband, wife, children. Uh, It's exciting. And we look forward to how God is going to work in them and through them and how it will affect us as a church body when they come back. It's always a, a life-changing thing, not only for those who go and serve, but for us when they come back. So uh, be praying for those on that team. I believe this is an exciting time, not only for that, Uh, Let me just share this. I wasn't planning to, but uh, the team being up here prompted it. Uh, Back in uh, the beginning of April, uh, we had an elders and wives retreat, and one of the things that we talked about most of the time was the concept of rebuilding. After two years of of difficulties and all kinds of things going on and plans not going as we had anticipated in many different ways, we spent a weekend praying about and talking about how God might be rebuilding our our congregation, our ministries, uh, all that stuff. And I just see God answering that prayer. I see things happening in people's lives. I see young people growing. Um, I see uh, adults growing. I see people coming uh, either to Christ or they're getting close to making that decision for Christ. I see this team uh, developing 12 people. Uh, going to uh, share. Uh, I think God is doing some great things, sending new people our way that uh, we're already appreciating and can't wait to uh, uh, get to know and get closer to. I just, it just, I don't know. I think God's answering that prayer already, and, and I'm excited about it. Well, right now we're going to uh, go into our, our series, Chapters You Should Know, and we're in Second Peter, the second of three uh, studies from that chapter, Second Peter 1. And uh, I'd like to read our passage for today, first of all. And if you would follow along, and I'm going to ask you to stand just in honor of God's Word as we hear it read. Second uh, Peter chapter 1 and uh, verses 1 through 11. Second Peter 1, 1 to 11. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them 
you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our Father, oh, if every person who belongs to you could practice consistently what's taught here. What a difference. Lord, I pray that you will motivate us in that direction today. Thank you for all that you've done for us through salvation. Thank you for all you've given to us. Thank you for all your promises. Father, now help us to understand what we're supposed to do with all that and what our responsibility is. Give us that understanding today. Move in our hearts by your Spirit through your Word. In Christ's name we pray these things. Amen. You may be seated. In this passage, I see uh, Peter reminding the Christians he's writing to of the resources that God has provided for them, resources he's provided for any of us here who have trusted Christ for salvation. Then I see him talking about a responsibility that we have because we've received those resources. And then Peter finishes this passage by listing the results that can take place if we carry out that responsibility. There's a lot of excitement in this passage if we would only take it to heart and practice it. And I hope you'll see that and you will be motivated like I am. The resource part is really review. We looked at the first four verses last Sunday, and we saw three things that God has given to us, those of us who belong to him through Christ. He's given us three things. It's all past tense here in this passage. So let me just review. First of all, we found out that God has given us a precious faith. We've received a precious faith, this common salvation through the righteousness and the work of Jesus. And it doesn't matter who you are, it's the same salvation if you've trusted Christ. 
There aren't levels. Different salvation for different people. All of God's people have received the same common faith through Jesus, his righteousness and his work. Second, we found out that God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. You have to really think on that. The Bible says that God has given his people everything they need to live a godly life. Christian brothers and sisters, you aren't missing anything. God has not held back anything that would help you live a godly life. By his divine power, he has given us everything that is needed for life and godliness. The third resource that Peter mentions here is that God has given us great and precious promises. Great and precious promises. And last week we kind of thought of a a number of those promises. But Peter says that through those promises, we are able to experience the divine nature. We can become more and more like Jesus because of those promises. And we can escape corruption that's in this world because of those promises. So three resources. That's how Peter starts the letter. God has given us a precious faith. He's given us everything we need to live a godly life. And he's given us his precious promises that help us participate in the divine nature, be more like Jesus, and escape corruption in this world. Now we're going to go on. Peter goes on and he says, notice how verse 5 begins, for this very reason, because God has provided these things for us, we have a responsibility. There's something we have to do. These three provisions were God's doing, his work. Through the righteousness and work of Jesus, we've received this faith. Through the divine power of God, he's given us everything we need to live a godly life. And through his goodness and his glory, he's given us these promises that will help us become like Jesus and escape corruption in this world. We have a responsibility now. Now that all of that is available to us from God, we have a responsibility. Let's look at what that is. Verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort. Be diligent. We all know how to be diligent. We all know how to put forth a lot of effort. The question is, effort toward what? Diligent in what? Let's see what Peter says. 
make every effort to add to your faith. Make every effort to add to your faith. That's our responsibility. If you remember your grammar in, uh, in school, this would be what was called you understood. Uh, in the text, it doesn't say, for this very reason, you make every effort to add your faith. It's understood that it's you, the ones being spoken to. So Peter's saying, you, the Christians he's writing to, and thus us, you make every effort to add to your faith. Let me mention this. There are things that only God can do for you. He saved you through the righteousness and work of Jesus. He's given you this precious faith. Only he can do that. He's given you everything you need to live a godly life. Only God can do that. You can't drum that up yourself. By his divine power, Peter said, he's given you that. Only God can do that. And he's given you all these promises. And God's a promise keeper, right? He's faithful. Only he can give you those promises. Nobody else can make promises like God has made to you. There are things that only God can do for you. There are things other people cannot do for you. And one of them is add to your faith, what we're going to see here. Other people can't do that for you. Peter says, you make every effort to add to your faith. Nobody else is going to do it for you. Nobody else can do it for you. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. Others can't do it for you. And get this down. There are things God won't do for you. What are those things? What we're going to read. The text does not say, for this very reason, God will add to your faith this list of things. It doesn't say that, does it? He says, for this very reason, you make every effort to add to your faith. Your responsibility. There are things only God can do for you, and he's done them. There are things other people cannot do for you. You have to do it. And there are things God won't do for you. He says, you do it. And here's one of the examples. So what are we to do? What's our responsibility that other people can't do for us and God won't do? Add to your faith. This is exciting to me, really exciting a number of years ago when I, I really saw this in my study. Follow me on your sheet here, if you can, with all those arrows. 
The responsibility is to add to your faith. The idea of adding to here means to fully supply. Fully supply. And here is the Greek word that's translated fully supply or add to. Epikoregio. It's on your sheet. EPI is just a prefix that means fully. Koregio is the word, you got to get this, we get choreograph from that word or choreography from that word. If you take the literal meaning of what Peter is saying, he says, make every effort to choreograph your faith. Make every effort to choreograph your faith. Now, we know what choreographing is, right? When you choreograph something, you take all these specific things and parts that have been made available to you. And then you take them and you put them all together. You choreograph them in order to develop this this concert, this song, this dance, it's called choreographing, right? You take all the parts that have been made available, you work them together to create this song, dance, concert. I want to give you an example of that, choreographing. Every year in youth group, in the spring, we have what's called a night of worship. We started out a month before with a study on worship. We're up to worship 106, six years in a row. We do a study on what worship is, an expression to God of thanks, honor, love, commitment, all those things. And then the teens who choose will... Select different ways that you can express worship. And they'll work on them for a month, and then we'll have this Wednesday night, night of worship, where they will present what they've been working on to express worship. We have a figure skater in our youth group named Kindle. And this year, she presented a figure skating routine, a video. And actually what she did was she choreographed. She took all that was available to her, a sheet of ice. You need that, right? A sheet of ice provided for her. A pair of skates. An outfit. Music. Different Moves that she was familiar with. She she took all these things, um, video recording equipment. I mean, it's all the things necessary. And Kindle put them all together. And the result was a figure skating 
routine that expressed worship to God. Take a look. That is choreography, right? Thank you, Kendall, for being part of my message. Appreciate it. But that's choreography. I wanted you to see and be reminded of what this word means. That's the word that appears here in Second Peter 1, translated add to or fully, fully supply to your faith. Choreograph your faith. What does it mean? Just like we saw here. You take all the parts, you take all that is needed, you put it together 
to develop this concert, this dance, this skating routine in this case. That's choreography. So what does that have to do then with Second Peter 1 and verse 5? Why is this so important to understand? What Peter is saying is God has given you all the resources that are needed for a godly life. He's given you your salvation, the faith. He's given you everything you need to live godly. And he's given you all, your, all these promises. And then he says, for this reason, because God has provided all the resources, now you, not God, not other people, you choreograph your faith. You take all God has given you and you work it into your faith. You work it into your Christian life. So let's see what these things are that are available that we add to create the concert of our life. Seven qualities, very quickly. First he says, add to your faith, choreograph into your faith, goodness. Now, the translation that says moral excellence is probably the best way to put this. Moral excellence is goodness. It's character. It's integrity. That's moral excellence. So often, we as Christians are like these, uh, these dikes that you hear about in different uh, coastal cities or in the Netherlands. Um, you know, these dikes that hold back the water. But once in a while, they'll get a crack in them. And if you don't give attention to those cracks promptly, more cracks develop under the pressure. And if you don't deal with them, more cracks and leaks begin to happen. And then pretty soon, if you just let it go, you get a flood. The dike breaks, right? Many Christians who live their Christian life, let's say publicly out there in the world, have cracks in their life. These secret things that are going on inside of them. Secret sins. Secret involvements. Maybe it has to do with dishonesty. But it's just a little crack. Nobody can see it. Maybe it's sexual. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's cheating. Maybe it's not keeping promises, your word. Maybe it's involving some kind of chemical. I mean, you could go on and on. But a lot of Christians have these cracks in their life. But they're little cracks. And they can keep that stuff inside. Nobody can see it. 
But you can't hide it forever. And eventually there become more cracks. And eventually there's a seeping. And pretty soon there's a full-blown flood that comes out eventually. Moral excellence has to do with the integrity to deal with those things and make sure the inside and the outside match, that you're not hiding things, that you're real, that you're genuine, inside and out. Moral excellence, not moral mediocrity. Moral excellence. And so that's the first quality that Peter says we need to choreograph into our faith life. Moral excellence, character, integrity. Then he goes on. He says, to your moral excellence, choreograph knowledge, understanding, insight. And obviously, I think Peter is referring to uh, knowledge of God and his word and his principles that are so valuable. Uh, I think that because at the end of the letter... In uh, chapter 3, verse 18, he says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He says, I want you to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So I think when he says, when you're choreographing your faith life, add to the moral excellence knowledge, the knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of his word, the knowledge of his ways, the knowledge of his truth, the knowledge of his person, the, the knowledge of his principles. Add that. Choreograph that knowledge. Get it. Keep getting it. Keep adding to it into your faith life. Then he says, to your knowledge, add self-control. Choreograph self-control into your faith life. Self-control, that ability to restrain, to hold back, to not go to all these extremes. Self-control. And again, in many areas of life, and you can list them as well as I can, where self-control is so important in the Christian life. And he says, choreograph that into your faith life. Self-control. Then he says, add to your self-control perseverance. Good old sisu for you Finns. Perseverance, this ability to not quit, this ability not to give up, to endure, to stand in there firm no matter what's happening. And always remember, perseverance is not just hanging in there. Perseverance is not just surviving. Biblical perseverance is moving forward no matter what's going on. Perseverance moves forward. It stands in there no matter what's happening, but while doing that, it's moving forward, not just surviving, not just hanging in there. And Peter says, choreograph that into your faith walk. Perseverance. So you've got moral excellence, you've got knowledge, you've got self-control, you've got perseverance. He goes on, to your perseverance, choreograph godliness. What's godliness? Well, certainly it's godlike to 
be willing to um, add to your life this divine nature stuff, being like God, being like Jesus. But godliness is more than just being God-like. It's being God-centered. Your life is centered on God. Your life revolves around God. That's godliness. Or God-awareness. That's godliness. No matter where you are, no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, you're aware of God. That's godliness. And he says, choreograph that into your faith life. Godliness. He goes on. The sixth quality. To godliness, choreograph into your faith life brotherly kindness. You know what the Greek word that appears there is? Philadelphia. Philos, the brotherly love. Friendship, companionship, fondness. Treating people well. Brotherly kindness. He says, choreograph that into your faith life. And he goes one step further. The last quality. And to your brotherly kindness, add or choreograph into your faith life love. And the word there is not Philadelphia. It's not philos, brotherly love. It's agape. It's the next level of love. It's that God-like, unconditional commitment to serve others. It was that new commandment Jesus gave to his disciples in the upper room in John 13. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Agape, unconditional commitment to serve others. Add that. Seven qualities. See, the resources. It's like the skates and the ice and the song and the video equipment and the outfit and all that stuff made available. Choreograph it. Add it together. Put it together to choreograph your faith life. That's what he's saying. And again, he's saying, you do it. Others can't do it for you, and God won't. He's provided all the parts, all the resources, and we're responsible to take all of that and work it together and choreograph it into the concert of our Christian life. And then if we do that, there are results. And that's what Peter talks about next. Verse 8, for if you possess these qualities, those seven, in increasing measure, what does that mean? They're growing. They're becoming more and more evident in your life. These seven qualities, as you make them a part of your life, working together in your faith life, if you possess them and they're increasing, they're growing, here are some results. First of all, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Putting it in the positive way, if you choreograph these qualities into your life and they're growing, you will be effective and productive. 
in your Christian life. Don't we want that? Fellow Christians, isn't that what you want? Don't you want to be effective, productive? Don't you want to make a difference? To have an influence for Christ? To be effective? Be productive? Peter says if you're choreographing these qualities into your life and they're growing, you will be effective. You will be productive. He says if you don't have these qualities, you're nearsighted and blind. You've totally forgotten who you are. You've totally forgotten what it means to be a Christian. You've totally forgotten what Christ has done for you in forgiving you and saving you. But if these qualities are a part of your life and they're growing, you're going to be effective. You're going to be productive. Another result. And this is a big one. He says, therefore, my brothers, verse 10, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. God called us. He chose us to be his. He says, if, if these qualities are part of your life and they're growing, it makes your calling and election sure, certain. He's not saying it saves you. He's saying these qualities being choreographed in your life and growing give evidence that you are called and chosen, belonging to God. They prove. They make your calling sure, evident. None of us as Christians want to live a life where people don't know we're Christians, right? I hope that's not what you want, to be a secret Christian. We want it to be evident. We don't want to have doubts ourselves. We don't want to confuse people, you know? Somebody asks them, uh, you know so-and-so, are they a Christian? Well, I don't know. I never want anybody to say that about me. I want somebody to answer that question, he sure is. I can tell you why. I see this. I hear this. I see this. His calling and election is sure. It's certain. There's evidence all over the place. Peter says, if you're choreographing these seven qualities into your life and they're becoming a part of your life and growing, there will be evidence galore of your calling, of your salvation. It will be sure. It will be certain to you and to anybody Who's around you? You want that? That's a result of adding these things to our faith and choreographing them and them growing in our life. Then he says, if these things are a part of your life and growing, you won't fall. He's not talking about falling from salvation. The word here means to stumble, to trip up, to have your progress hindered. That's what the word fall means. Would you like a Christian life where falling, stumbling, your progress being hindered, tripping up, happens less and less and less? Peter says, you choreograph these things into your life and they're growing. It's going to keep you from falling. You know what? 
I've been around a long time. I've ministered in churches for decades. Told the Sunday school class this morning, I can say decades, not years, decades. When I look at these seven qualities that Peter's talking about, in all those decades, I have never seen a Christian fall because of those seven things. And neither have you. I've never seen a Christian fall because of their moral excellence, their integrity. I've never seen a Christian fall because of self-control, because of their knowledge of Jesus and his word, because of perseverance, because of godliness, because of brotherly kindness, because of unconditional love. Those things do not lead Christians to fall. That's why Peter says, if you choreograph those qualities into your life and they're growing, you won't fall. And let me be blunt. At this point, do not defend your falling and say, well, everybody falls sometime. That might be true, but don't defend it. Take the truth of what Peter's saying. You keep these qualities going and growing in your life. They'll keep you from falling. It's a result. And here's the most exciting result of choreographing these qualities into our faith life. Look what he says in verse 11. Fourth result. You will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you choreograph these qualities into your life, the concert of your life as a Christian, you'll be giving evidence of your calling and your salvation. You'll be effective and productive. You won't fall and you will receive a rich welcome into the kingdom of God. He's not saying having these seven things in your life saves you and gets you into heaven. He's saying if you have these qualities and they're growing, you will receive a certain kind of entrance and welcome. It will be rich. Here's the exciting thing. Hold on to your seats. The word in the Greek translated rich welcome is epikoregio. Same word. He's saying you choreograph these things into your faith life. And if they're there and growing... God will one day choreograph your entrance and welcome into heaven. You catch that? That's the word. It's the kind of welcome you'll receive. I think it's what Jesus meant when he said that some servants will be told, well done, good and faithful servant. 
I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know if there'll be a parade. I don't know if there'll be confetti. Probably not. Maybe it will just be well done. But somehow Peter says, if these qualities are being choreographed by you into your life and growing, your entrance into heaven will be choreographed. It will be a rich welcome. You know, soldiers come home, there's a choreographed welcome. Olympians come home, there's a choreographed welcome. Super Bowl champs come back, choreographed welcome. Years ago, there were 24 uh, military people on a surveillance plane uh, that were based out of Washington State. They ended up being um, um, taken by the Chinese for a period of days. They were finally released when they came back. The state of Washington choreographed their welcome. Their welcome home. That's what Peter's saying. I don't know the details, friends, but I like it. That if I choreograph these qualities into my faith life, and they're part of my faith life and growing, my entrance into the presence of God one day will be choreographed. It will be a rich welcome. That's what he says. So how is the concert of your life going? How's it coming along? How's the choreography going? Do not use the excuse that you don't have what you need. It's all been made available. God has given you the precious faith, salvation. God has given you everything you need to live a godly life, including these seven qualities. And he has given you all these precious promises that can help you be like Jesus, that can help you escape corruption in this world. But then he says, now it's your responsibility. You're to take all these things I've provided for you and choreograph them into your life. Make them a part of your Christian life and growing. And if you do, you'll be effective, you'll be productive, you won't fall, you'll be giving evidence of the certainty of your calling and your salvation. And one day, God will choreograph your entrance and your welcome into his presence. And in this text, two places, Peter says, make every effort to do this, be diligent, and be eager. We're diligent about a lot of things. I mean, I, I can just imagine what it looked like at a lot of homes in a lot of garages Friday night. 
right? People had all the resources they needed for the fishing opener. Everything was there. Some just piled around, some neatly on shelves in the garage. And what did they do? They gave every effort and were eager to take all those resources and choreograph them, put them together, to develop this fishing trip yesterday morning. We know what it's like to choreograph. We know what it's like to be diligent and to eagerly put effort toward something. Are you doing that toward your Christian life? God's given you everything you need, but it will do no good if it just sits there. He says, now you make every effort to choreograph those things I've given you into your faith life. And there will be wonderful results. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what you led your servant Peter to say here. We know, Lord, from last week that these were some of his last teachings. He felt this was something to remind these Christians of before the end of his life. And Father, I just know that in some way you choreographed Peter's entrance into your presence. And Father, we look forward to the day when you will say, well done, good and faithful servant. You took the things that I gave you and you choreographed them into your faith life. And they were growing. And you were effective and productive and honored me. Father, may that be our experience someday. Thank you that you will help us by your empowering spirit that you gave to us as we fulfill our responsibility to choreograph all that you've given us to develop the concert of our Christian life. In Christ's name, amen.